I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And I'm not going away, but some dirty northern punts just spit all over me. When he spits over me, I'm not going Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Well, unplug your jukebox, dear listeners, and do us all a favour. Welcome to Achtung Millwall. I'm sitting next to Mickey. Mickey, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, listeners. What a strange atmosphere it is in here. It's... Um, well, sparse doesn't even do it justice. There's a few few people dotted around the den. One block of um, Braintree fans. We're welcome to the magic of the FA Cup, dear listeners. Don't forget they're from Essex and we know where they are. They're called the Iron. Clad, clad all in the luminous orange kit. Braintree Town versus Millwall, second round of the FA Cup. So today's Millwall team, Jordan Archer in goal, across the back line, Joe Martin. On Romeo, Byron Webster captain today. Sid Nelson in defence, across the middle. We're going to have... Early corner, whilst I'm rabbiting on about the team for Braintree down at the uh, Coldblow Lane end. As you can hear, there's a block of Braintree fans in for their big day out here today. So one and a half minutes on the clock, it's going to be a Braintree corner. I'm sorry if I sound a little bit flustered, but I've been doing some media work with Mickey outside. The ball across the box there, a little glancing at it, that was wide of the post. Thought for one awful moment going in the net. I've been doing a bit of media work with Mickey outside. I've, been, I've come in all the fluster because uh, we've been trying to do a little bit on the... Um, the impending renewal vote that's going to take place at, at Lewisham Council in, um, on December the 15th. So we're just trying to do a little something to try and illustrate what that's going to be all about for us. So keep your eyes out on, on Twitter for that. But honestly, all this media work means you can't do justice to your podcast, dear listeners. So across the midfield, we've got Callum Butcher, Sean Williams on the wing. We've got Shane Ferguson, David Warrup, Harry Smith, Lee Gregory, returning Lee Gregory after injury. The 19 for Braintree, retreat's going to be their big day out. They're going to be well up for it. The classic banana skin from the Mill perspective today, isn't it? Um, we have nothing to gain, everything to lose. They have everything to gain and nothing to lose. That sounded deep and philosophical for you. Braintree turned to the National League, what was formerly known as the Vauxhall Conference in the olden days. So um, they're, they're a non-league side, but not that, not that far below us in the, in the tier of football. Five minutes into the game, not an awful lot of um, action from the Millwall perspective. A lot of ball down at our end from the uh, the Braintree side. So probably to be expected against uh, you know non-league opposition, the old giant killing, the David versus Goliath. And it's odd for Millwall to be in the role of da- uh, David. More often the role of David, aren't we? Odd for us to be the role of Go- Goliath, the biblical giant felled by David's slingshot. It's a brilliantly sunny, cold day here in South East London, dear listeners. Just before the game, Mickey and I were doing a little bit of um, 
work on the uh, regeneration. As, as I've said already, there's going to be a vote in Lewisham Council on December the 15th, um, in which the council will take the views to whether they're going to enforce the comp compulsory purchase orders on our car park. A little attack here from the left side from Braintree, that's headed clear. A lot of urgency about Braintree in these early minutes, probably to be expected. So our plan this week, dear listeners, is to put out a little bit of information, such information as we've been able to glean about Renewal and the companies that stand behind it. So keep your eyes out on Twitter and keep your ears out on the podcast because there'll be a special show that we're going to put out on that subject specifically. So uh, more news on that to come once we've done our, our background work on it. First bit of uh, uh, sustained pressure from the lines now. Marlon twisting and turning on that far right side. His pass just lacks that bit of accuracy required in that situation. This is Braintree on the break. Eight minutes in, they're dressed in a luminous orange kit that's more suited to working on the on the railways, dear listeners. I think that Braintree would be uh, sponsored by rail track or something, wouldn't you? By the look of that kit, you would do. Yeah, yeah it's certainly luminous. If you was on the railway line, you'd be spotted some distance away. Did you say that one in the um, one in the news the other week where the um, where I think it was Peterborough, wasn't it, where they suddenly looked up, saw oh, the green yeah. jacket of the, of <laughs> the security guard, and bang past the bottom. Yeah, what a, what a well, prize plum. If we take the green ones off, I wonder if that's why they're wearing green boots today. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. The stewards in green high vis because obviously they're all in orange normally. That does clash with the the brain tree kit. But that, but so they don't normally, do they? Normally just no, orange, no, normally in orange. These are the details we try and bring you on this show, listeners. Is that the stewards they're wearing lime green. Green hives instead of their customary orange because that clashes with Braintree's kit. How about that? I was thinking, yeah, I actually know nothing of Braintree. I, I mean, when we drew Braintree, you generally associate it with stuff, with something. I, I thought, what do I know of Braintree? I actually know nothing of Braintree. You've been there, Mick. And they've got an outlet centre of Braintree. Well, the, I looked it up. I had to, I had to look it up on... Um, on Freeport. They may well have a, an outlet centre. I, I don't know. But the Braintree's claim to fame was that it was the site of the Crittle Window Company. Now, anyone that knows building knows that Crittle Windows are... Oh, shit. Shit. That's <laughs> they, they, uh, they are um, condensation Readers, you know. Didn't they have a mass contract with the local authorities yeah, through various... Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure it's Lewisham. Lewisham might have been involved know, in that. We, we, we may be, um, may be stretching... <laughs> stretching it a little bit too far, but um, critical windows. You know, anyone that's ever worked in any kind of property-related industry knows that they're utter crap and they've just uh, moisture built up on them and produced black mould, basically. And, and rust. And rust. And they were put into the cheapest of cheap houses. Well, they do, do have an art deco. Houses, weren't they, and stuff? Yeah. On, on Wiki, they reckon that Crittle had an art deco. The long ball forward here from um, Mill. Lee Gregory there, this wins a corner for Mill on the, on the 12th minute now. Any road, who cares about art deco and 1930s style architecture when we are 12 minutes into a nil nil situation in the second round of the FA Cup? So it needs to be managed, doesn't it? Again, like this needs to be managed. Nice little bit of work there by Lee Gregg. The shot from the edge of the area. Sean Williams along the deck, about a yard wide, left-hand post. Good chance for Mill. First chance, 13 minutes. <laughs> I don't know what the crowd is here today. A couple of thousand from the Mill perspective and about one block. That in it. I mean, mostly... 2,000, I reckon. 2,000? If you're lucky. Won't be many. It's a shame it's the FA Cup. It's the great gift of our country to the sporting world. The idea that the, the biggest and the smallest can compete in the same competition and be knocked out and the element of, um, you know, the giant killing element that it comes with it. It's, it's the great competition of football. Uh, these days sadly diminished because of the corporatisation, sanitisation, financialisation, any otherisation that you want to call. This is Lee Gregory inside the right-hand side of the, of the Braintree goal. Shot blocks. Braintree bring it free. 
But this game clearly not a draw. Two o'clock because of the uh, demands of live television. Not this is no. This is this is like one of their reporting kind of games, isn't it? It's not being shown live, but um, it's forced an early start on a Sunday. It's an unearthly start time for the for a game like this. 15 minutes. 23 on the break here. Sean goes one nil. Braintree. Fucking hell. Good shot as well. well taken shot, break down the middle. The 23 given time and space to shoot. And he took that time and space to shoot. 15 minutes, it's 1-0 Braintree. Got a replay. He's um, celebrating like he's won the World Cup and possibly from his point of view, he has. Time space, he's beat um, Zach Nelson. He's twisting turning shot from the edge of the penalty area. Top corner. Been a tough, maybe he could have done better. Um, would have been a tough call to make that save. 1-0 well, Braintree. Given that much space in the first place, no, the so. mistake was on Sid Nelson yeah. there. Um, it, Sad to say it because we love Sid Nelson, but he was twisted and turned and turned inside out. One little brain tree. Lee Gregory inside the box. Whoa! Harry Smith, one each! Yeah, professionalism by Lee Gregory. The man was appealing for the foul down there. He got turned. But what great work by Lee yeah. Gregory there, Mick. And Smith scores again. Smith scores again. Well Every taken goal. Goal against Smithy, not quite, but there we go. Lee Gregory wins space, cuts it back into Harry Smith's path, and he puts it along the deck right hand side. One each. Great professionalism from Lee Gregory. Though. Absolutely, that's the that's the big leads for them. Yeah, I mean he could have gone down screaming blue murder over that. Yeah, they worked the time and space. That's one all. Thirty seconds of embarrassment. Well, they're clearly not to be taken lightly today. Um, they've shown they can score, and they've shown they're committed. But now it's Millwall's time to. Step it up a gear. We are the, the, the tier, league, for, league one side here. Are we playing the Gregory's the main man up front then, and then literally he's laying the others he's two laying, on. He's, he's laying of, it back for Harry Smith. He's coming on with the experience yeah. to sort of bring the others in. I think he brings the physical stuff. That, that turn there was, yeah. was something, yeah. uh, something else, wasn't it? Mill corner, Ferguson to take. Left side, that's cut back. So glancing ahead of Byron. 2-1. Harry Smith. Smith Harry Smith again on the volley. 20 minutes, 2-1 Lions. Well taken goal by Harry Smith. Let's have a look at it again. It was a left-sided corner. It flicks little thick header, bounces loose in the area and slammed home from the edge of the six-yard box by Harry Smith. The goal machine! Well, I think um, it's fair to say Braintree's um, had 30 seconds of ecstasy there, Mickey. Does that sound familiar, mate? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You nearly tripped me right up there, you know that? We'd have to ask Mrs. Simpson for that. <laughs> you, you, you'll have trouble to fire Mrs. Simpson because I'm not married. Now you've mentioned that, going to be online. My missus is going to give me shit. 15 and no ring, but thanks for that. So, halfway through the first half, 22 minutes, um, what can we report? I mean, when Mill have raised their games, they had to, are going embarrassing their goal behind to the non-league outfit. They've, they've looked at uh, a class apart, as they should. So, I don't think Neil Harris will be particularly happy with that um, opening phase of the game by allowing Braintree the opportunity, but he will be happy with what we've done to put that straight sense. Lucian moment, Gregory again. Inside the box, he can't work the space. The fire brings it clear, but unlucky there from Lee. Almost dribbled his way through there. Maradona style. Oh. Ball through the middle is Lee Gregory, 24 minutes. Ball wide, this is Ferguson inside the box. And now that's 3 1. Shane Ferguson, 3 1 Millwall. Little dribble down the left hand side, tucked in with a plum. 3 1 Millwall. The golfing class when we play our football is really, really noticeable now, dear listeners. They're starting to look like a non league side that's going to take a hammering unless they're careful.
Mixture say it's turning into an exhibition game, but it's quite nice to be at an exhibition for a change rather than being in a edge of your seat, biting your fingernail, um, you know, tense, tense um, heart attack of a game. So 3-1 Millwall. Some real physical work being put in by Lee Gregory up front. Today. Back to back to goal. He's in a physical battle with that central defender, bigger man than himself, but he's, he's, he's doing um, giving a good account of himself. That's for sure. It's a cold afternoon, dear listeners, here in South East London. But beautiful, beautiful sunshine. The uh, the beauty of the cell chip waste incinerator, and picked out in the late afternoon sun of a December's day, is something that I think I think Constable might have uh, wanted to depict if he were still around with us in this day and age. That's John Constable for all you um, 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 arty listeners out there, not, not the copper. Braintree got the ball bobbling around down in Aaron. No control on the deck from at the moment as the 32nd minute passes us by. That's launched for towards Harry Smith. A lot of ball high in the air in stratosphere, up in orbit. Finally, it's on the deck and Williams with a huge pass trying to find Greg. If that had come off, it would have been straight through. As it is, it rebounds back to Braintree and we're back on the... Under their um, somewhat uh, bludgeony type approach as they're on the attacks. There's seven on the far side. Ball back across the box to 23, who scored the goal, I think, earlier on. Had a moment there. Uh, defenders uh, let go in the way before he could shoot. Braintree back on the attack again. Put out for a throw in on the right hand side by Joe Martin. Breakthrough on seven on the right hand side. A middle goal for Braintree. That's three, three, two. Three, two, Braintree. Another error, I'm afraid, by Sid Nelson. He's looking a little bit lost in uh, central defence. The ball falls to the seven on the right-hand side. Break down the right, and the seven puts it into the net. Fairly simple goal, to be absolutely honest. I want to see the replay. Um, yeah, straightforward slot into the net for 3-2 now. Mickey's brought me a cup of Bovril. A beefy drink, Bovril. Let's press on, get some more goals. We're conceding too many goals against average, well, average opposition. Be beyond average opposition. That's two goals conceded where really we should be looking to keep a clean sheet against this, this quality of opposition. As it is, we're scoring. 3-2. 35 minutes. 35 minutes, coming almost 36 into the mill box. It's bobbling around. And headed clear just. A little moment of panic there in the mill defence with that ball into the mix. We do not look settled at all. Maybe we need the, um, the experience and the, uh, the kind of defensive um, calmness and certainty that Tony Craig brings. I'll just pause there for comic effects. Mick, Mick's trying, um, he's, um, was that, is that a Siri, is it? On, he's trying to do Siri on a tweet, and he keeps saying revolution. It's reminding me of the Beatles' White Album. Revolution. Yeah. No, revolution number nine. Say it again, Mick, go on. Revolution. Revolution. Corner to Braintree on the left-hand side, 37 minutes. He's trying to get Siri to say, do, he's posting Bovril Revolution, that's what he's trying to post. It's got some kind of psychedelic kind of... Um, Stuff in his bother on it. Ball launched into the box. That's across the area, bouncing around. Again, we're looking a little bit flapsy daisical. Flapsy daisical, that's a good word, isn't it? Launched clear by the mill defence in the end. Another midfield break there. We're losing a little bit of a battle in midfield. Maybe we don't fancy the tackles today, I don't know. Braintree on the attack again from the left. Ball across the box. Oh, that was almost the equaliser. Gone for a corner. Must have come off a mill leg or boot. 42 minutes. They're not to be taken lightly, dear listeners. I know you should always respect your opponent, uh, but fair play to them. We've gone 3-1 up over them. They've got 3-2 now, and they're looking keen for the equaliser as we get towards the half-time break. We'll be quite glad to get back in the dressing room and um, you know, re reorder things. Lofted into the middle. That's off the line. Almost overhead kick, almost there. Uh, blimey. Blimey, O'Reilly. Braintree. 
come close again but that's launched a huge boot forwards towards Lee Gregory takes on his chest lovely ball wide to Shane Ferguson and when we have moved the ball around we've looked um, distinctively a cut above them we're just trying to describe um, Bovril to Mickey's son and the best we've got is it's like gravy Mick isn't it, it? Is, yeah, it's it like is gravy. like gravy he's yeah. not selling it to him he's, he's gone for Ribena strawberry brand instead don't fancy the gravy do you want to say hello to someone do you want to say hello to Millwall fans Fred no. all bobbling around inside the little penalty area it's off the line wow ball off the line Moved kick inside the mill six yard box from the orange clad Braintree forward there there's a half time break 3-2 mill half time it's been a roller coaster ride in the first half opening goal from Braintree uh, long range shot if I remember rightly from just outside the penalty area nicely slammed home from there 23 mill then press forwards gone 3-1 up should have been in control of the game, but somehow we've, as ever, we've been um, we've let the grass grow under our feet in central defence. And uh, Braintree come off 3 2 at half time in the game. They really should have been shut out of completely by now. So there we go. Mill 3, Braintree 2 at the half time break. Achtung, Mill Here we are for second half, dear listeners. Mill kicking off. Playing towards a cold blow lane in the second half. The sun is still um, bright, but the shadows are getting longer, as they do in December. 3-2 at half-time. We've slightly let Braintree get back into this when they uh, they should have been shut out completely, but uh, we've got work to do in the second half, I, I fear. Mill corner, come at 47 minutes. Right-hand side, it's going to be David Warren takes. Ball into the box, bobbling around. Stab home from close. Who was that? Was that uh, Gregory? Good seeds. Ball bobbling around inside the Braintree box. Stab home from close. It was Harry Smith, was it? Sorry, it's Harry Smith. It's his hat trick. Hat trick, Harry. Let's have a watch on the replay. Calling from the uh, left, right hand side. Comes in. Eddie bobbles around inside the box. And there's Harry from close. Yeah, Harry Smith. Patrick Harry. It's 4 2. The highest scoring games we've ever seen. I'm trying to remember what the highest scoring game I've ever seen. I suppose the 4 um, 4 draw in Sheff against Sheffield Wednesday. When was that? 1991 or 2, was it? Back at Coldblow Lane. Um, when we were, we were behind at half time. 4 2 down, I mean, at half time. And we came back to, to draw it for each. Eight goal game there. I, don't think, I can't think of many more than that in my time. Do let me know if you can think of a higher scoring game, dear listeners. At the moment we're on six for this game, Mill four, Braintree two. Braintree number three, don't know what his name is, he's a defender, down in front of us at the moment. He's got curiously, um, like a 1970s kind of um, gait about him. He's got like a, anyone can remember the, the Frank Worthington classic look of the, of the late 70s, kind of like slicks long hair with a, a moustache, moustachioed, um, it could be Movember, Mick's made a good point. He's got a kind of a Frank Worthington look, a, a kind of gunslinger type. He's a 70s porn star. That's a good, good way to describe it. Here come Braintree on the attack. They still fancy their chance of getting goals. Here comes the porno star. Number seven from the, uh, their left. Ball low. Sid Nelson clears it. I rather fear that Sid has not done his calls any good today. Dear listeners, sad to say. There's a curiously flat atmosphere inside the ground. Obviously, not many people inside the, the den. It's, it's been a, an entertaining enough game, in all honesty. Um, but in, in a kind of slightly... Um, Incompetent way, entertaining incompetence. Ball into the box, there's the 10 from close, over the bar, not far over the bar either. On the volley, facing away from goal, backwards volley from the number 10. 
close. Play pulled up on the far right side. Byron obstructing his man. 56 minutes, uh, concedes a free kick. Ball forward. This is another opportunity there for in front of goal for the uh, the Braintree forwards. They're certainly carving out chances. That was a that was a real chance in front of goal. Point blank saved because the, the, the shot was not uh, particularly powerful by Jordan Archer. Ball through the middle there, goes straight through to Archer. That's going to be the end of that. Real opportunity there for, for Braintree, however. That should have been 4 3. Here's Worrell on the right. Little ball into the box. That's nicely done. That's headed clear by the near post by the uh, Braintree defenders. Falls to Williams at the edge of the penalty. Puts it out wide right. 85 minutes approaching. Five minutes to go. This is Ferguson down the left. He cuts inside dangerously. Still got the ball. His cross was balked by the Braintree defence and they bring it away. Yeah. Greg's coming out. Good work by Lee Greg. They get a good round of applause for a lot of physical battling up front, back to goal. Shaking hands with a couple of Braintree players. He comes out again. Well done, Lee Gregory. Well played. Braintree, number nine now. Uh, number eight, sorry. Back to goal. Number nine, sorry. Shot from distance. Not so far away. Nice shot. Nice turn. Dipping shot wide of the right-hand post. Done very, very well. Not under any pressure. He's done well. Lovely little shot. And that was about a yard wide. I take my hat off to Braintree's efforts today, dear listeners. Um, they're, they're not, they're the, you know, the classic image of the plucky non-league outfit. They've not been an up-and-under side. They've actually um, moved the ball around quite nicely going forwards. They, they've looked like they've got um, their issues in defence like we have, but they've actually looked um, quite a decent attacking unit for today. So fair play to them. Well done, Braintree. So this is breaks wide right to Worrell. Um, Callum Butcher in the, in the middle. Worrell's taking it so far. Opportunity's gone. Back across the box, it falls out to Fred. 5-2. After all that, Fred, there's a ping-pong. I don't know how to describe that goal. It was like... Um, O'Brien on the score sheet. It was like um, pinball there, wasn't it? It was um, flashing around the, the brain tree. Really really I thought the momentum had gone out of the attack when Wall paused. Um, he cuts back, the ball's into the mix, it comes off a brain tree defender, back across the box. O'Brien back heels it in from close. There's the end of the game, 5-2. to two. Real five, brain tree two. What a strange game in some respects. It was quite entertaining and yet quite incompetent at times, wasn't it? Defeat. So tomorrow, 7 o'clock to draw then? Yeah, we're in the, in the mix, let's see who we get. Maybe uh, QPR. That would be lovely, wouldn't West it? West Ham. West Ham would be better, <laughs> but KBR would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Absolutely ruined for you. Well, we've got a new song. Signed, sealed and delivered. Don't ask me. There we are. That's the show, dear listeners. Big thank you to Mickey for sitting in on this. Big thank you to Matilda. I think. Big thank you to Fred. It's Achtung Mill for you. Be back after the break. Meine Damen und Herren. Achtung. A big frozen welcome to uh, a lot, uh, one of our regular voices, but not been on for the show for a little while. Harry Warren, welcome back, H. Yeah, thanks, Nick. It's been a long time coming, but uh, yeah. yeah, good to be back. Yeah, I don't know why that's been, but it's just worked out that way. But good to have you back, mate. Um, that was a very strange afternoon, wasn't it? Um, FA Cup second round football, clearly not an attraction um, for the Millwall faithful. Um, I don't know about the Braintree block, but um, there weren't many people in that ground today, Harry. No, and the, the lack of body warmth was uh, 
was, was quite shocking. It was a big <laughs> factor. I we're both kind of in the process of defrosting at the moment. Um, we're taking the chance to speak fairly early on in the evening before I think we both fall asleep. Um, a very strange game. I found the 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 Sunday afternoon two o'clock kickoff to be. Um, unearthly um i don't think it doesn't work as a football time for me but um i found the whole thing very very weird um braintree town certainly up for it today harry i thought we we looked um we looked okay going forwards but in in defense and in midfield we looked incompetent yeah i think i think i think there the two o'clock kickoff was shit that's what uh you could be looking forward to if you too want to sell your soul (laughs) to the premier league (laughs) They should do that as an advert. Um, yeah, well, that's true. That's what it looks like. That's what it feels like, doesn't it? Um, it doesn't feel right for, from a football perspective at all. Um, it was a very weird sensation going down there today. Yeah, it, it didn't feel right. And then obviously we had the applause where everyone else has done the uh, minute silence. Millwall managed to turn it into a minute of applause. Um, for, for the Brazilian. Better than West Ham yesterday. We managed to play music through there. So, um. <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing. It's a serious thing. I mean, you know, um, obviously everyone sends their respects to the Brazilians that passed away in, in that plane crash. Um, but a minute's applause was an, odd, an oddity. I've got to say, um, generally it's, a, it's applause for someone's life well lived but um a disaster where what was it 70 odd people perished i don't know if applause is the right the right thing really but um it set the tone for the rest of the afternoon somehow didn't it yeah it was it was weird we just as you said we looked at going forward but going back we're we we take on a form of i don't know we're like it don't matter who we play i mean no. i was wondering halfway through the first half who we were going to scapegoat because we can't scapegoat craig because he weren't playing no sid time. nelson sid nelson if you're looking for um a scapegoat figure I thought he was... are we looking at nelson today is he on the Millwall spin roulette <laughs> who's the fucking problem <laughs> who did he have a row with at wembley i mean it's, it's yes, it's 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 difficult. I mean, you mustn't um, it, to scapegoat anyone is is the Millwall way. But uh, Sid Nelson obviously brings a lot of Millwall um, heart and and you know backstory. We all know Sid Nelson. We all know what he means to the club. But he was awful today, Harry. I mean, both of those Braintree goals, the embarrassing first one, were were really as as a result of uh, Nelson errors. And um, you know, it's got to be said, isn't it? I thought I think you're wrong on the second one. The first one's definitely Nelson. The second one's Webster. Webster. All right. Well, uh, I'm only correcting you because I thought it was Nelson in real time, but I've seen the goals on the on the telly, and it's well, then about about to that in that case. I members of the jury will disregard my previous remarks. Um, I, I thought it was Nelson in real time, but um, I'll take that back in that case. I mean, the whole defence. Let's be honest. I mean, the defence has been an issue all season, Harry, isn't it? And it's no different today. No, and it, it you know we're we're turning into. Um, I don't want to criticise Neil Harris, but we are turning into kind of to Albert Einstein levels of stupidity of if you continue to do the same thing and expect a different result, that is the definition of madness. <laughs> it's very true. Um, I thought we lost out in defence. We lost out in midfield. I thought our defence went a little bit missing at times. I mean, when we raised the gear, when we moved up a notch, we, we could we scored, well, not, if not a will, but we, we, we got the goals, didn't we? But... Um, when we sat back or we, we, we kind of got a little bit tentative at times, we, we looked very much um, second best at times, in all honesty, today. Yeah, I thought, uh, to be fair, uh, the recruitment team haven't been watching their forward, their forwards and their left wing. <laughs> the recruitment, I've forgotten the recruitment team. <laughs> 
if the recruitment team are doing anything, I mean, I, I, I quite fancy sitting watching a load of football because they might actually play some football rather than having us lump it forward. But, um, I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't work it out. If they, this is Braintree fucking town. Millwall should be able to walk up to Braintree town and offer a bag of goldens and peanuts, and that, that should be that, if they're any good. I mean, in fairness, I mean, the FA Cup is the classic situation where, the, you know, the, the giant, today we were the Giants and they were the, 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 the we were the Goliaths, so they were the Davies, to, to, to borrow a, 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 an image. Um, and you, it's always going to be difficult against a non-league side, Harry. They they were up for it. They're going to tackle that bit harder. The professional players are going to not want to get injured and they're not going to want to draw reds and yellows. Um, so there's always, they immediately have the, they have the advantage. They have nothing to lose. We We have stuff to lose, so... They have that advantage, but I just thought we backed off of them. I mean, for the opening goal, we were, it was like the Red Sea party, wasn't it? As the man went going down the middle, you know, there was no defenders in sight and gave him a free shot on goal. And um, you just can't do that at any level against anyone. No, I mean, he smashed it into the top corner. I sort of looked, I don't know what I done. I must have looked away or looked at the uh, the clock and I turned, sort of looked back and... <laughs> I thought, in the goal. Here? He just smashed it literally as I looked. I thought, how the fuck's he here? Smashed it top right hand corner. I thought, oh, well, cheers for that. Fucking, there we go. There's there's us on telly. They've got what they wanted. Very well so, taken uh, goal. Very well taken goal. Um, should Archer have got a, a hand on it? I don't know. I think that's a harsh judgment. One or two round me were saying Archer should have got a hand on it. I, I think that's probably um, you know asking a lot of any any goalkeeper. It was a well struck shot. But we had the embarrassment of at least 30 seconds of being behind in a non-league team, didn't we? Um, the FA Cup dream was, was looking a little bit um, a little bit tarnished around the edges at that point. Yeah, all 300 of the Braintree block were, uh, <laughs> were very enjoying themselves for 30 seconds till we scored straight <laughs> from the kickoff, showing that you are fucking non-league and sit back down. So, um, I, I mean... I, I, I haven't I seen the goals, so I'm trying to remember the goal. That was, that was Lee Gregory. I think he turned his man... Was that was it that one? Gregory seemed to turn his man. They were appealing for a free kick, and he cut into the air and then passed it across the air. And, and Smith tapped home, if I remember. Yeah, sort of rightly and tapped in. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and I thought that was a you know in that moment, I thought Lee, Lee Gregory's strength and and now up front today was a, was a real asset. And going forwards, I mean, I've written down on here um, League League One forward play and, and National League defence, and that, I'd say that probably for both sides in many respects because they didn't look too bad coming forwards at us. Yeah, I think that's right. I think apparently I, I sort of read a report before that they they scored plenty of goals, and it's just whether or not they could keep us out, which obviously they couldn't. They couldn't today, no, um, no, not today anyway. But um, I mean Ferguson. I mean, how easy is it that Ferguson even scored? He looked so, like an international forward today, didn't he? Against a non-league defence. Yeah, that's really good, didn't it? Twenty sixteen, yeah, yeah. But then so did Wayne Rooney. I don't know which one. Oh, yeah. That is the point. We're playing a a non-league defence, a national league, a Vauxhall Conference, whatever you want to call it, level. And our our better players going forwards did look the better players. I mean, when we when we wanted to, we had a gear to move up to, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We did. When when we when we got the ball down, we passed it for a couple of minutes, you know, like we do in every game, just to show you what you could have if we decided to pass it. <laughs> and um, we, we sort of knocked the ball around, and then when we wanted to score, it was like, all right, well, 
they've scored again, we should go and score. And that's that's what we did. But well, we moved it's swiftly. It's worrying that we can't no, we... fucking keep at a non-league side. It's very it's worrying. Really worrying. I'll tell you what worried me. We we, 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 we equalised swiftly and that, that kind of killed off the anxiety. We then moved um, 2-1, 3-1 ahead without any real, um, I wouldn't say any real effort, but it was, it was looking at that stage like it was going to be a cricket score today, didn't it? Wasn't it? And... Um, we then let them back in the fucking game, Harry. I mean, you know, having got to three one, you, you know, you've, you've kind of dodged the bullet, haven't you? You know, from from one nil down to three one up, you've dodged the bullet, and then we suddenly um, leave the door ajar. We give them a goal back, and then they start to really believe in themselves. We could have come in at half time. They deserve to come in at three all. You know, their chances um, very late in that first half, and they they could have come in the you know all square. Yeah, I think I think they got. They got a little bit of the rub of the green with the referee on some decisions. I mean, to me, we could have had, in the build-up to one, we had the bloke punch the ball away, literally, yeah. from uh, off of Smith's foot. That was when it was, I think it was 3-2 at that time. But they hit on the counter from that very fucking move. And you know when you're just waiting for, oh, well, you're going to come out with the excuses of poor refereeing decisions. But it, the thing is, is we can't go backwards when we play well, any back four, but when we haven't got Thompson in the side, we don't win the ball back in midfield at all. We, no, we, we don't. Just don't. No, no, and Butcher no. and Williams can't play together. Uh, I, I, every time I've seen them play the ball together, our midfield. I know Williams had a good game, to be fair, but every single time we played Butcher and Williams, it was the same way at South End when we played Butcher and Williams. We had no midfield. They don't work together. Not yeah. saying that one's better than the other, but Williams is in good form at the moment, and I'm not the biggest Williams fan, as everyone who listens to this knows. No. But uh, we need to win the ball back, and obviously if we've only got one player at the club that can do that, he needs to play, so that's Ben Thompson. Well, we, we badly missed Ben's um, ball-winning ability, you're right, and he's just sheer dynamism when he gets the ball, Harry. I mean, you know, um, we, we, we moved the ball, at, you know, the, some, the range of Williams' passing day was the, the classic quarterback long-throw pass, you know. Um, we, but we missed Ben Thompson's all-action style, didn't we? We did, we looked at times like um, we were slightly at, um, at seventy-five percent mode when we, you know, we really need a bit higher than that to come out of today's proceedings with some comfort. Yeah, I think we did. I mean, the only thing we can say about that is we have got a game Wednesday, which is madness to be all. It is mental. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got a game Saturday, which again is 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 stupid. The the Saturday game that we've got should be on the Sunday, and the Wednesday game. Yeah. Should either not be played this week and we be given grace because we're in the cup. And they got to play yesterday. At, I think we come had a twelve o'clock kickoff anyway yeah. yesterday, or a very early kickoff. Um, which again is the the beauty of the Checker Trade Trophy, which we all it's a fantastic, love so dear. It's a fantastic we competition. Love so dear is, um, you get fined <laughs> if you don't play eleven of the same team, even though it's supposed to be open that small. The league, the romance, the romance of the Checker Trade Trophy, Harry. No one can, no one can touch that. Play well, with... we, we should play higher or lower with the attendance today, considering <laughs> the fact it's three thousand higher or lower. Well, it's going to be really sub zero Wednesday night, sub zero. I mean, if it was, it was hard enough this afternoon, wasn't it? The player we haven't mentioned was hat trick Harry Smith up front. Um, I mean, what a, what a day for the boy! I mean, six goals now in in six games. Um, it's it is a fairy tale start to his professional career. He couldn't have wished for an easier. Hat trick today. I know that's, that sounds slightly dismissive, but uh, you know the the quality of his defence that he was facing today was was poor. Um, but he's still got to get the goal. So well done, Harry Smith. Yeah, I think he's, you know, um, in my in my book, the sort of the roles of of Mill's striker, if they're both fit, it's Morrison and Gregory, and then for me, it's Smith in front of O'Brien. 
by a country fucking mile. But you know, um, O'Brien still come on and nicked his goals. He usually does. Late, but, late, um, late. Yeah. I wish Smith, Smith just offers a lot more going forward. It's that he can make. He's not just a target man. I know because he's six foot six. Everyone expects him to be sort of take the ball down. Yeah, and, yeah. And be it. But he, he's good with his feet as well. I mean, he laid off some nice passes to Gregory in there. They're starting to get a partnership between the two of them. I don't know if that's like non-league football against a non-league defence. They worked out what they needed to do. But they, they, they're they clicking. And, and they are. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, today Lee Gregory was, was the target man. It wasn't really Harry Smith um, today. Um, Lee Gregory took on that role of, you know, back to goal, the physical holding off the defender. was getting hustled a lot from behind there. And he did it fantastically well. I mean, I I, I know that I, I think it was the first goal. I could be I haven't seen any of it since I got indoors. But the the way he turned his man was, um, you know, it, it that that was the that was the distance between the the forward play of Braintree and the forward play of Millwall today. It was it was it had real experience and real nous. And I mean, Harry Smith in a way is playing as his sidekick in a sense, and it's Lee Gregory that's taking the the target man role, isn't it? Um, and Harry Smith was doing the finishing today. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like Gregory's become Morrison and Smith's become Gregory, yeah, if you know. That's right. Like. It's the that's reward. Right. The reward yeah. is going to the man, the, the the one who actually goes forward rather than the target man. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, considering the fact that, you know, out of all the signings we made in the in the summer, the sort of, the last thing we'd be thinking in sitting in the summer is, oh, well, we're going to sign another striker and he's going to come in and he's going to fucking... <laughs> almost makes think who the fuck Steve Morrison who the fuck's Lee Gregory kind of thing and and not really need them I mean obviously I would expect Morrison if he gets back fit yeah. to, sort of, oh, yeah. to walk back in the side but it's nice to know that we've got we've got options on the bench because everywhere, every, the four forwards are scoring goals yeah, I mean the likes of Aiden and, and and Fred on your dim who came in very late in today's proceedings. They, yeah, you're right. I mean we do have a range of strikers that are going to look each in their different ways. They're going to look dangerous, and that's that's quite something to have at this level. Um, if only we could say the same in defence, but um, there we are. I think we've, I think we've explored that already. Um, just looking at the news at Dens marks out a ten roster here. Harry, let's run through the team and we'll we'll mark them ourselves. Um, now, Jordan Archer on the news at Den is getting a six point seven. I, I think that's a bit high because I don't think he did that well today. He didn't do badly, but I don't think he's coming close to a seven out of ten for me. I'd, I'd give him six. What about yourself for today? Um, yeah, six or a seven. I mean, he made that save. I think it was either at four two or maybe yeah, three two. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. point blank save, which All right. I don't know if it was straight at him, but in real time, it looked like a. a a typical arch to say from last yeah. season, you know what I mean? But um, other than that, I think you're right. He didn't really do much other than pick the ball out of his net twice. No, no, that's Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. True. So 6.7 on, on the news at Denver, Jordan Arch. Joe Martin, I thought was a little bit anonymous at times today, is coming in with a 6.2, and I think that's slightly high. I know I know this this all sounds churlish, Harry, on the back end of a 5-2 win, but it didn't feel like a, a 5-2 win for me today. It didn't have the same exhilaration. So I, I gave Martin, in common with the other defenders, a 5. I, um, I don't know where you stand on the Joe Martin rating today. I think he's still in the living. I, I really, really do. <laughs> I, I think he's one of the most awful football players. He's done one thing in his entire career at the club other than pick up a yellow card every game he's played in, um, which was score the free kick away at Bradford. Up at Bradford, I remember it well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But other, other than that, I tell you what, he Noah Chesney must be sitting there thinking, what do I fucking <laughs> have to do to get in this side? Because today he was getting pulled around by a fucking non-league like, attack. He was nowhere. He was, no, the second half, I was no. just watching him. I said to my brother, I said, just watch him for five minutes. See how many times he's in line with the back four. He wasn't in line with the back four once. And we wonder why we get people coming in. For, he's always from the left-hand side. All our goals, we always concede from the left-hand side. We always get dragged out to the left to cover Martin from going forward. Because that's all he does. He goes forward, he don't go backwards at all. So I take it you disagree with the news at then 6.2 rating? Yeah, more like 10.6. <laughs> Sid Nelson um, is, is is getting a low rating on on the on the on Nad. I'm going to call it Nad now. Three point eight. He's getting. Uh, I, I gave him a. I, I gave him a four. I didn't think he did well at all today, Harry. I, I think I'd give him a four, but then I think he was equally at fault as as Webster. So I'd give them both a four. Yeah, I, think, I, I thought they both were bullied. I thought they were bullied. They were. Properly, they were bullied. bullied. That's a good choice of words. It's a good choice of words. I agree. Um, made to look very much second best. I, I think the problem for Sid. I mean, obviously it was his first game for a while. He's. he's um, there's constant talk of him going out on loan, and I, I actually think he lacks the, the, the physique. I don't think he looks strong. I don't think he, he's up against blokes that are, you know more solid and he just doesn't look the part at times I'm sure he's great technically but he just doesn't have the phys- physicality for me Harry um, sad to say it because we want him to succeed but that's that's just the way it looks yeah I think he needs to go on loan to like someone like a Dartford or a, a, a sort of just toughen him up a bit I just think he yeah he's not quite there I think match fitness as well he's not you know I don't know what time he sort of come off it seemed pretty late but he he's He's like nine temps there. He reminds me so much of Robinson when he was younger. Yeah. You know, yeah. he went out on loan to Wimbledon or whoever he went out on loan to. And they come back and they sort of, we got relegated or whatever. And they come back in the league lower and they're sort of used to playing at that level. Obviously, Sid's not had that. But no. he does need to go somewhere where he's going to get game time. But it doesn't seem like that's happening because I think they are. We've got a paper mache signing in Hutchinson who seems to be made out of 
That was the same, <laughs> the same plaster of Paris that Cowan Hall was made from, yeah. Yeah, but he, he seems to be fit when he plays for Wickham every week. That, I don't understand. <laughs> Bobby Backache strikes again. Must be the, the clean air of Wickham. Byron, um, captain today, um, 5.5 on News of Den. I gave him a 5 out of 10. I didn't think he did very well today by Byronic standards. Um, where would you place him, Harry? Five? Yeah, I think I think he's equally coachable as, uh, as Nelson. Nelson, yeah. Yeah, I think they both... It's a partnership in defence, and Byron does seem to get sort of bypassed. Everyone thinks... Bypassed that. Byron, that's his new nickname. By, bypassed Byron. Mar- Marlon's coming with a seven on news at Den. I think that's 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 high. Um, that's very high. I, think, I wasn't I wasn't that struck on Marlon's... Con- I mean, I, I love him as a player. I think he's... I think he's a fantastic talent, but today I didn't. He didn't impress me to that level. I, I, I thought six was probably a. Uh, he, was, he was the best of the best of a poor group of defenders today for me. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. I think three had him in knots the first half. Mm, yeah, um, they're three. I don't bother to look at their names. No, they're no, not it's just on the back of the shirt. Why would I? No, um, so, I agree. It's a tradition, <laughs> no tradition. Um, so, but he he looked like a player, and he had Romeo sort of beaten for the first 45 minutes I mean he went over to the other side so I can't really judge on the second half but um, yeah. yeah first half he looked well beaten by him so obviously he must have got hold of him I think, I think I think there's a residual on, on these ratings this is open to everyone that, that views the news at Den I think there's a residual um, kind of love for Marlon Romeo that will always give him a slightly higher mark than perhaps he deserves um, but today I thought seven was, was high for him let's, 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 let's say it Callum Butcher in midfield is coming in with a 5.7 so just shy of a six I thought that's actually a touch high I gave him a five out of ten I didn't think he looked all that brilliant I thought midfield generally was um, was on, on the back foot yeah I agree I, I don't think he done anything wrong I just don't think as I said I don't think that works with the two of them playing together so I mean, no. if Williams is doing all the passing and the yeah, no sort of the Butcher, getting us forward, that doesn't leave Butcher a lot, who's a very similar player, I guess. Um, but I haven't really seen anything of him in the Millwall shirt. He's like a bit, he's like bland vanilla value ice cream from any number of supermarkets. He's just <laughs> from Asda. just there. Yeah, yeah, he's just there. That's it. <laughs> Shane Ferguson, um, I, I, I thought did okay against non-league defenders. I mean, he really looks every inch of the international, as I've said. Um, Six point five, he's getting. I'll, I'll give him a seven. I thought he actually one of his better games for us today. Yeah, I mean, he scored the goal. He yeah. did all right. He, put he got few, forward, didn't he? Got forward a lot, which was good for Shane. I mean, he doesn't like tackling people. Let's, no. let's get that out there. No, but, no, no. You know, um, I agree. I mean, why would he? He's come from Newcastle. They're supposed to be tough up there, so why would he tackle anyone <laughs> at any point? But, um, yeah, he's he done all right. He's, he's, I think Ferguson comes in for a lot of shit because... I mean, as I said, if you're playing with someone that constantly is passing you and you know you're going to have to get back to do something, you can't really fully decide to uh, go no. forward all the time. He's one of those odd players, neither defender nor forward. Is he? He's somewhere in between. I don't know what... what, what. He does suit that five-at-the-back system that Northern Ireland played, to be fair. It does really suit him to just sort of be there and the overlapping man to put a ball in or maybe nick a goal kind of thing. But yeah. obviously in a four, I don't think he suits. No, he looks a little bit like a lost lamb at times, doesn't he? Sean Williams is getting quite a high rating from the News at Den um, fan base. Um, 6.7, I thought that was high because I didn't think midfield influenced the game to that extent. He was, he was one of our, his, his range of passing day was probably the thing that maybe people have picked up on there. Um, I gave him a six. But the, the the news at then they're giving him a six point seven. Would you would you rate him that high on today's show, Harry? I think I give him a six six and a half kind of thing. He's yeah. he, he done well. I think he's having a, sort of a he's having a really good season with him. And that I 
did rate him off before because I don't really like him. I think he some in games he's a luxury player sometimes when you're when you're up against it. But when he's got the time and the space to do his passing, his passing is is class, isn't it? He picks passing. He's a different level. Yeah, no, I agree. I I, I like him as a midfielder. Um, I like the uh, the pass the passes he makes. He's got touch. Um, yes, he doesn't do the work. We we know that. But um, you know, he's, he's been doing it more this season. So you know. Hats Bring off. back the Peckham Beckham. Nickname. <laughs> it's off to Sean Williams. Well, um, Warrell's a strange player. I mean, um, I, 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 I keep wanting to be impressed by David Warrell for, for irrational reasons. I don't know why I want to be impressed by him, but I, I rarely am. Um, 5.6 is about par for him today. Um, News at Den giving him 5.6. I actually gave him a 5. I didn't think it was that effective today. He can join the. Uh, he's the chocolate of the uh, vanilla and Bayou ice cream club. He just doesn't really do a lot. We've got we've got a Neapolitan of fucking useless kind of meandering midfielders. Um, but yeah, he's a. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I think Warren, when he's when he plays well, he's he's as you said, he's a he's a proper winger. When he plays well, when he plays like, well. Man, yeah, yeah. You know, he's like, like, he's here, and then. The next week he plays, and you go, that's why he's here. It's the one game in six syndrome, isn't it? You know, you only see it once in a while. So um, today wasn't his best show, right? I mean, personally speaking, I I didn't think it was that great today. Um, Up front then, Harry, we've got um, Lee Gregory um, drawing 8.3. I think that's... I think that's a fair, actually an 8 out of 10 for me would be about um, what I would mark him at. I thought he was very effective today for us today, Lee Gregory. Yeah, he done he done the uh, he done the dirty work, didn't he? Absolutely. He yeah. Done the Morrison role, which yeah. some people think means that you're not doing your role because you're a striker and you haven't scored. But um, he done all the stuff so the team could get five goals, basically. Yeah, I, I agree. A good show from Lee Gregory, and a strange marking for young Harry Smith. And I'm, I might be a little bit controversial, but Harry Smith on news that Dennis drawing a nine point two, um, which puts you know I, I think that's high. I know he's got a, a hat trick, and I accept that he's done well to get that hat trick. But um, I, I think a nine was 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 over the top today. I think he just had to be in the right spot at the right time. The defence was never going to challenge him. So a nine out of ten plus. Seems a touch high for me. I gave him a 7 out of 10, which perhaps um, some would say is a little bit churlish because he's, he's coming with a free goal haul. Yeah, I think it's one of those things when anyone scores that trick, they automatically get like in the yeah. net. Yeah, star man. Star man. And that's it. But yeah, I think you're right. It could have been anyone Like in terms of, I think the finishes himself, watching it again on the telly now that I'm home. Um, yeah, we're, we're good finishes. I mean, the the third one, the one for the hat trick, he sort of two touch finishes it, um, sort of chest and chest and volley yeah. inside the six yard box. How many times have we seen players in Millwall shirts? I'm thinking of Rob Hulse, um, <laughs> smash him over the bar for when it's easier to score. Smash or maybe it, Ricardo. Yeah, Ricardo. Ricardo. The, uh, yeah, yeah, we've had a few over Colbo Lane. Yeah, um, shot, but yeah. There we go. All right, I, 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 reckon, I think you're right. I'm, I think I probably, on, on reflection as I'm, as I'm listening to myself speak, yeah, I think probably I'm being a little bit churlish with Harry. What He's, did Aidan O'Brien get? Aidan O'Brien, uh, they've given him a 6 out of 10. Um, Bastards. Bastards. <laughs> it's probably about par, isn't it? Uh, I, I actually missed the fact that Tony Craig came into the game. I don't know what I was looking at at the time. You see Nelson went out on the 65th minute and Tony Craig came into the game. I, I, it actually passed me by. I, 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 I I'm amazed. I've logged on the news at Ben to see this fact of a game that I was at. Um, 
Uh, so maybe, scapegoat. Not, they should be an alarm. <laughs> go off when he comes on. The scapegoat's here. Don't never fear. I, I can't believe that happened. But anyway, there it is. in black and white. It must have happened. Um, he's, he's, he's got a 5.1. Um, Aidan O'Brien's recently got six. And then um, a 5.5 for Fred, which I mean, he's only on for a few minutes. So um, there we are. Who'd you fancy in the third round, Harry? Any 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 plum picks? When, you know we're going to get Chesterfield away or someone like that, but Barrow away. Or Barrow, yeah, away. <laughs> I mean, the, the clear one is obviously the Olympic Stadium, West Ham away. That would be everyone's prime choice, wouldn't it? Um, I don't want them away. I don't. You want them at the Den? I, yeah. No, I want them at the Den because I quite like the idea of them coming to the Den, us getting a draw, and then it being broadcast on telly. The fact that they're shit fucking council paid stadium can't be policed by the armed guard the national guard every every security team measure imaginable as world war three descends on the lovely westfield shopping center it'd be quite good or we could have a, a nice home tie against wurzel gamage well that would be the other choice i mean that, i think you're probably speaking for the whole mill support there i mean west ham away or i agree west ham at home would be quite amusing because that they would have the bizarre experience of fans kind of close to the pitch because where they play they're about half a mile from the pitch they'll uh, bring their binoculars wouldn't they, they to <laughs> check them outside or something the, the torrent of abuse that they'll get um, will be an experience for them if nothing else um, other than that yeah of course QPR QPR at home or away which would I think at home I think that's that's one I'd, for I'd quite like to see whether or not he emerges from the dugout <laughs> after saying that it was the fans that didn't understand me which I nicely put was a uh, no, we didn't understand making Sid Nelson captain at no. 19 years of age in his league debut at home. That was the that was the start of the things I didn't understand, and the list could go on for the next two hours of your mad fucking decisions, you absolute cunt. So, <laughs> there we go. so if there is a a Millwall god that's against um, some universal deity, there's a Millwall god up there. Then please, please. God, make that one happen because you would be believed in by many, many more fans if that if that did come to pass. Do you come in a tin hat because I think that's the only way he's going to get out without getting some kind of fucking thing thrown in. It'll be an interesting afternoon, but um, but let's see if the FA allow it. We'll we'll, we'll wait and see. <laughs> Play behind closed doors to stand the first ever. Oh. Imagine it, the panic. The oh, mate. we got through today must be unbelievable. Who's going to draw us amongst the Premier League? You know, that it's 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 what makes us go to Millwall. It makes all these games, all these kind of two o'clock um, brilliant sunshine, cold afternoons against obscure sides worthwhile. The very thought that the Premier League might draw us. <laughs> Someone I, might, like, I wouldn't mind going to Anfield. I've, I've never been. I'm not the generation lucky enough to see us. Yeah, the top flight. So um, <laughs> I'd quite like to go to an away ground that I haven't been to, but not Old Trafford because we went there in the cup, and I can't be bothered to see us get beaten nine 0 at Chelsea. So um, Anfield away, gonna... Anfield away, Anfield away, Liverpool away would be mayhem. You know that it's it's it's, it's <laughs> these are. If it be, be Hay Bell, you sort of prequel. <laughs> Anything involving Everton, Liverpool, any of the Manchester clubs, it'll be it'll be um you know. It'll be mayhem, but there we are. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see with a baited, with baited breath tomorrow night. This, when people listen to this podcast on Tuesday morning and we've got fucking, I don't know, who's the shittest team left in the competition? Like some fucking... Charlton away. Milton Keynes. I've just noticed that they've been um, tapped up for child sex offences. Um, oh, Charlton? Uh, yeah, Charlton. Have, have, strangely, the train spotting weird club and the rack thing comes true, apparently, now. <laughs> 
I'm not being libelous. They have admitted themselves. They've admitted it themselves. <laughs> I, I, I must admit, at times I feel so a club with all their problems. Then they get the child sex abuse lady on top of that. <laughs> what else can go wrong? You know, you're going to get Bob Peters back to play up no. front. Oh, Harry or Paul Goddard. That, Paul Goddard, yeah. Paul Goddard on anyone. <laughs> oh, the half, the half. The Hoff, the Hoff, yeah, bring the Hoff back. It's great to have you back. Smith up front. <laughs> great to have you back on the show, Harry. Um, I'm going to go and have my dinner now, mate. And um, I hope we'll speak again soon, sooner than we've left it these last few weeks, mate. Good to have you back on the show. Cheers, mate. All the best, mate. as always. Bye-bye. Hello, listeners. Welcome, welcome, welcome to... A new section of the show. Now, I don't know if this is going to work or whether it's going to be absolute damnation folly, but we might as well give it a go because what do we lose in this in this life if we don't try new things? Um, I, I had a little bit of an idea. We used to do this a little bit in the fanzine in CBL magazine. We would um, do a totally – we had a random ISA thing on the internet. They all generate random numbers. So I had the idea that if you generated a random number and go back that number in years, then you could see what game – was closest to this particular weekend when we printed the edition, or in this case, to this show. So um, what we're going to do, in in short, is select a random number between 1 and 132, and whatever that number is, we're going to go back those numbers of years from now, and we're going to select the weekend closest to now, and we're going to see who we were playing that weekend, what the team was, who scored, what the crowd was, blah, blah, blah. All the all the details of this totally randomised year um, generated courtesy of the miracle that is the internet. Now, I don't know if it's going to work out, if you'll like it or if you'll be fucking bored. I don't know. But we might as well give it a go. And um, so anyway, up now with the random number generator found via Google. And we're going to select a number between one and 132. So away away you go, Randy O'Miser. 33. 33. Let's have a look. 33 years ago takes us to 1983. I'm just looking at the Mill History, um, mill-history.org.uk website, a fantastic website. 1983, and I see that on December the 3rd, 1983, we were away at Walsall that weekend. And the website shows it as 13th versus 5th. So um, that's us us being 5th at that time. don't remember that particularly, but there we are. The one-all draw, Millwall, uh, Walsall 1, Millwall 1. Now, that would have been played at the old Walsall Stadium, which would have been Fellows Park. Um, I never went to Fellows Park. Did you go to Fellows Park, dear listener? Um, obviously, the modern Walsall Stadium is um, relocated now to Bescott, isn't it? Right by the railway station. We went there a few episodes back. Not a bad little stadium, but I've never went to Fellows Park. I presume that's be an old school one. Um, crowd there that day of 5,329. It was a one-all draw. Looks like we were one nil down at half-time. Our scorer that day was Stevie Lovell in the 72nd minute of the second half. Uh, O'Kelly scoring for Walsall in, on 22 minutes. Let's have a look at the team. That's further down the website, so bear with me. Here it is, Walsall away, uh, December the 3rd, 1983. I was 23 at that time. I didn't go to this game. I think I'd not long met my soon-to-be wife at that time. Um, so in goal, Peter Wells. Steve Lovell in defence. Um, Robinson. Was that Paul Robinson? It's a long time ago. You forget these players. Robinson. Not our Paul Robinson. He's not that old. Uh, That's an older version. Alan McCleary. Wow, he was playing back then. Alan McCleary in defence. Mickey Nutton. Um, 
Cusack, Dave Cusack, good player. Burke, Burke, I don't remember Burke. He was, um, must have been, what's that, looks like a midfielder. Dave Martin, midfield. Um, up front, Kevin Bremner. And Andy Massey, a um, substitute in the 84th minute. Nicky Chatterton, um, also a midfielder. Looks like Dean Neal came into the game um, as, a, as a sub that day. Sorry, I'm mistaken. Andy Massey sent off in the 84th minute. Second yellow card, according to the uh, Mill website. What, so like, I don't remember Burke. Do you, anyone here remember Burke? Um, I'll have to look him up. Um, otherwise, some classic names there. Dave Cusack, great um, Mill player. Um, McCleary obviously went on to greater glory with the 1987-88 side. And Steve Lovell was a Welsh international, I seem to remember. So, long while ago, 33 years ago. That's a, that's a lifetime ago, but... Um, I remember the players. I don't remember that particular game. That was a one-all draw that day. So let's have another go on the Millwall Randy O'Miser. Spin it, Mr. Mister O'Miser. 43. Okay, another three. So that takes us to um, 1973. I might have more of a chance with 73, Strangely, Bear with me again, dear listener. What's going on in the world in 1983? Um, totally off the top of my head, Margaret Thatcher would have not long won a resounding victory in the general election of... 1983, the year after, of course, the Falklands conflict of 1982, a very um, strange time in many ways, one, one of those events in your life that, um, as you look back, and you you too, younger listeners, will have these moments when you look back at massive world events and you kind of, um, you see that the world changes slightly. We, Well, our world changed in 1982 with the Argentine invasion of the Falkland Islands and Britain's response and brave troops that went all that distance by um, what seemed at, at one point the slightly ludicrous lengths to, to go and then it turned out to the utmost bravery and a risk, massive risk and gamble undertaken by Margaret Thatcher that paid off handsomely for her with um, total victory in the end over the Argentine occupying forces of what is and remains British land. I'm sorry if you disagree with that, but that's my view. Those people there are British and they deserve to remain British until they choose not to be, or if they choose not to be. A little bit of politics there for you. I know that may not conform with the average um, centre-left viewpoint, but that's my view and I don't give a shit. Um, brave men went out there and fought for the liberty of those islanders to remain under the flag that they choose and the way of life they choose. Um, so um, for me, at least, um, there shall be never any negotiations of Argentina over those lands that have been British since 1833. Anyway, I'll get on to that. Let's do, let's do Mr. Randy O'Miser again, 19, 43 years ago. So we're going to go back to 1973. Now, there was a different era. I remember 1973 quite well. Um, this was the era of Ted Heath in government, um, industrial strife on the grand scale. I don't think 73 had a minor strike. I think that was 74, if I'm remembering rightly. Um, certainly there was an oil crisis in 1973. The Arabs in the Middle East, then as now, the Middle East was the source of uh, many of our problems in this world, but also the source of our oil and they began to find that um, oil could be used as an economic weapon against the West. And I do remember that there was um, oil shortages and oil price rises, particularly. That was that was very much a, a source of um, conversation at that time. But on December the 8th, 1973, 43 years ago, um, I probably would have been at this game, but I don't remember it. It was um, Mill nil, Luton Town won, um, second half goal for Luton. Score is not listed there in front of 6,965, I think that is, fans at the at Coldblow Lane back then. 
Um, if I remember rightly, the 73-74 season opened quite depressingly for the Lions. We'd, obviously, we were still slightly um, bruised, for want of a better way to put it, from the near-miss promotion season, 71-72, which I just about caught the end of. I began to uh, follow Millwall in very much in the late, the late games of the 70, uh, 71-72 season. Um, we were going for promotion. That's really what attracted me to go there, if I'm going to be absolutely honest, as a... As an 11-year-old, you, you go along to um, watch a, a team that you hope is successful. Mates of mine were Millwall fans on the estate where I lived, and they, they, they tempted me to go. So that's how I finished up a Millwall fan. The, um, so we had the near-miss that season. Then the following season was very much uh, an after-the-Lord-Mayor's parade of a nothing kind of season, 72-73. But 73-74, we really was we really were struggling. Um, it also saw the end of the Harry Cripps era. Um, Harry was felt to be very much of the old school at Millwall and in came replacement fullbacks. I remember it very well. Um, Cripps and was it Brian Brown um, were out and in came Dave Donaldson and a, a fellow called Jenny, Eddie Jones. Um, they came in as replacement defenders. There was a, there was a wind. I remember the programme, Benny Fenton wrote, the manager of the time, wrote that there were, um, there was a wind of change blowing along Colblow Lane and that was very much how it felt at that time but this result mill nil luton one i don't remember it um left the six in 16th position in in the table and very much fighting relegation um, at that point we recovered that season um a lot of draws i see to follow in in december um no wins um until the new year new, from 1974 january onwards we started to find form but at that time Things were looking a little bit bleak for the Lions. We were certainly very much facing relegation. And the atmosphere in the country generally was one of increasing um, a sense of um, an impending kind of sense of crisis looming, which very much came to the fore in 1974. But no doubt we'll cover 1974 if Mr. Randomizer chooses that year. And we'll save that up for another, another time. So there we are. 43 years ago, December the 8th, 1973. I was uh, 13 at that time. 13. And a Mill fan for a couple of years by that stage. Mill nil, Luton one at the den. Let's have a look at the team. In goal, Brian King. Gosh, what a great goalkeeper. Dave Donaldson, the aforementioned Dave Donaldson. Good fullback, Dave Donaldson. And he, he served the club well for the next few years or so. I remember him uh, switching to central defence, as so many right and left backs often do. Eddie Jones, I think, was a Spurs uh, signing from Spurs. Alan Dorney in defence. Great player, Alan Dorney. Um... Was a was a, was a real stalwart of the Mill side and of the near miss promotion side. Barry Kitchener, the legendary Barry Kitchener. I mean, we've um, we may even do a show about Barry, or a section about Barry. I might get crazy horsing on that one or someone to talk about him. Dougie Alder, great winger, very talented player. Dougie Alder. Um, I used to very much enjoy Doug um, going down the wings. Gordon Bolland, great striker up front. Brian Clark was a, an experienced man. Um, I think he'd scored. Internationally, I think he'd scored, he played for Cardiff at one point, Brian Clark, and I think he'd scored a famous win for Cardiff, somewhere like Italy, one of the big Italian clubs. It may have been Inter Milan or it may have been AC, I don't know. Um, but he came to us um, late in his career. He was very much an experienced defender, um, a, a defender, a, a, an experienced striker, good striker too, a goal getter. And um, we seem to have a, a faint air of a black eye all, all the time. He had a black eye, as I remember. I may, I may be, you know, demeaning him slightly if I say that. But he always seemed to have the air of a man who had a black eye for some reason. Maybe he always did. I don't know. 
Um, Alfie Woods, wow, what a name. There was a rugged striker for you. Alfie Woods had a kind of a Mexican mustachioed visage, and um, he came from up north. I think he returned up north, but when he was played for us, he was my favourite, favourite striker at that young age. He was rugged, fearless, put his face where the boots were flying and got the goals. Alfie Wood is, for me, um, I know that you know, Gordon Hill was um, around in the team at that time, not in this particular game. I see, but Alf was very much... Oh, no, tell a lie, he was. Gordon Neal is, is on the wing here. I'm just scrolling across the team line. Gordon Neal, very, very talented boy, went on to Manchester United. But for me, my favourite player at that time was Alfie Woods for his bravery and his fearlessness. And then we had Frank Saul, um, kind of platinum bond player, came from Tottenham. I think he played in the cup final, Frank Saul. So there we are, defeat for the Lions that year. This, let's give the old randomiser one last go. I don't know if this is going to work, this section. Uh, and tell me, give me, give me it honestly if you like it or if you don't like it. If, if this is shit, just tell me. I, I won't do it anymore. Um, I'm quite enjoying the waffle about old times, um, but you, um, you must tell me if that's an indulgence. Um, let me know. Mill manager that '73, '74 season, Benny Fenton. I think that um, this was the start of decline of Benny. But there we are. So, Mister Random Ozzy, you give me um, '73 years ago. All oh, the threes today. Um, 73 takes us back to 1943, wartime. Bloody hell, let's have a look and see what the history website has got for the wartime wartime stuff. Hang on. Now, the Will uh, History website rightly has 1939 to 46 football league competitions suspended during World War II. Now, I've, I've done a little bit of side research, uh, separate to the previous recordings. Um, we were playing in wartime competitions, which effectively was a London a London league because there were restrictions on travel at that time. We're talking about 1943. Um, we have a, it looks like we had a game that weekend, the thought of the fourth of uh, December, against Portsmouth. But um, I think that you have to um, you have to say with wartime competitions that they were very much comprised of players who were in the army or in the forces, in the services, in the sailors, possibly uh, Royal Air Forcemen. Um, often in transit across the country, so there was no um, there was no real club loyalty in the traditional sense because it was whoever was um, near to a football club and wanted a game or could could make a game and you were professional uh, prior to hostilities would would take part. So you often found um, you know players from other clubs, so to speak, playing for other clubs. Um, it was more about supplying some form of diversion from the war effort. Now, all I've got on this is Portsmouth. I don't, I don't know if the date's correct. 4th of December, 1943. Um, game against Portsmouth. Um, four and a half thousands uh, at the, that Coldblow Lane. That would have been bomb-damaged Coldblow Lane. I don't know if anyone has ever seen the very famous photograph. It's in the club's um, boardroom because, well, you know, I, I've been in the boardroom. I don't like to brag about it, but I've been in the boardroom. But they've got um, a kind of long... Um, panorama vista of the den in 1943, where the club at that time was struck by a twin disaster. Um, uh, firstly, the, the bomb, famous bomb, fell in the corner of the Ilderton Road and what we call the halfway line terrace, and it landed smack bang on the corner there, a huge crater. Um, there's a famous photograph, you can find it online. Um, the impact crater is, is massive, it, it, it's, it devastates the um, that corner of terracing and there's famously a game going on shortly afterwards where people are actually standing on, on the rubble, I mean there's no health and safety back then, um, again, you know, again a diversion from the, um, the, grim, uh, the grimness of, of the war effort at that time, 1943. Um, 
Now, shortly after the bomb landed, that wasn't actually as, dev as devastating as you might imagine, because uh, life could still go on for, for Millwall Football Club, which going into the Second World War was actually in quite a prosperous and well-set position and looking for promotion to um, into, well, possibly to the first division at that point. We were still a division two or division three club. I'll have to check that. But certainly the real devastation was not caused by Adolf Hitler or, or, or Hermann Goering's Luftwaffe or any anything else. It was it was it was a cast off cigarette, sadly, um, that found a load of rubbish piled up under the the side seating stand. It was com comprised of wood, and that set fire to the uh, the stand the week after that bomb fell, or very shortly after the bomb fell, and that burned the stand down. That was devastating for the club. Um, many say, and I've um, re read the uh, Richard um, uh, the, the, the the Murray book, um, Lions of the South, um, that, that was almost the thing that set the club back uh, by many, many years. And we never really, we, you know, all through the 40, 1940s after the war and in the 1950s into the 60s, the club was a third and fourth division club directly as a result of the losses suffered, as, as the country suffered so many losses. Um, in in by that by that cigarette butt, strange. Not not so much the bomb. How about that? But we lost that game against Pompey. It looks like it's comprised of um, uh, a variety of different players. Uh, Tom Brolly is. I've got. There's just a selection of sm names here showing Tom Brolly, um, Finney. I don't know if that's Tom Finney, but I'm not sure we can take that result too um, seriously in the context of our country that at that time um, was facing the menace of Nazi Germany. Just across the water, we're, the Americans are now in the war with with Great Britain and the Allies and the, and, the, and the Commonwealth, as we now call it, the Empire. Then, and of course, uh, Stalin's Soviet Union was waging total war on the Eastern Front. So grim times, as we now know, if you read books on that era, that that was the, the turning point of the war probably came the year before the the twin battles of um, Stalingrad and El Alamein victories, both for for the um, Soviets and for the for the for the, the British and their allies. Uh, that was probably the turning point, but I'm not sure it would have looked quite so clear-cut at that time. So, tough times, hard times, the times from which our parents' generations were born and carved from. So, as ever, um, it may not be, it's not really related to football, it's related to life. I take my hat off to that entire generation. Um, and the one before that, that fought so hard for the liberties that we enjoy and all too often take so lightly nowadays. So... There we are. That's the randomised section. 1983, Walsall won all away. Uh, 1973, uh, Luton Town defeat, 0-1 at home. And 1943, uh, on this weekend, a home loss to Portsmouth in very, very tough, much tougher times than we now enjoy. Hope you enjoyed it. Let me know if you want to hear any more like that. I'll, I'll give it a better go in the, in the future. It's very much ad-libbed. And do let me know what you thought of that little section. Thanks a lot. Achtung, Just a little postscript. One of my favourite sections of the magazine was where we used to do uh, Obscure Lions. Now, um, I've got two choices from this week's Randy O'Miser section. Um, obscure Lion number one. I've done a little bit of post-recording research into the, the player Burke, who we named in the 1983 draw with Walsall, was actually a guy called Steve Burke, um, a non-loan player from Queen's Park Rangers. I don't remember him at all. Um, he made seven appearances for the Lions uh, in 1983-84 season, scored one goal, loan uh, basically for October, I believe, from QPR, from whence he, he to whom he returned. 
Steve Burke. And second, one of my favourite sections is the obscure lion section, as I say. So I've chosen an obscure lion, uh, maybe not so obscure in some respects, but I've gone for Steve Brown, who played in that nil-nil Luton Town game that I referred to. Steve Brown, um, I remember him, actually. I remember him quite well. Um, he was one of the, uh, he was a winger, if I remember rightly. He used to get a terrible amount of abuse from the seats. I remember as a kid, I used to pay to get into the downstairs part of the seating, which was called the forecourt seats. And I used to think it was quite, I was quite the posh kid paying the extra 15p or whatever it was to get into the seats. I felt I was stepping up in the social milieu and I used to sit there. But the abuse that Brownie used to get from those seats was um, um, one of those eye-opening um, things you get when you're young and you first go Millwall. Um, I remember him telling the one bloke in the crowd to fuck off. Um, and then there was an uproar because Brown had told him that <clears throat> the guy in the crowd to fuck off. Well, you know, if you're telling Brown to... Fuck off yourself. Well, you're going to get it back, aren't you? Steve Brown, born in Peckham, 1952. Midfielder, wide midfielder, if I remember rightly. Um, brought through the youth ranks at Millwall. Released on a free transfer in 1975. 57 appearances for Millwall. 23 as a substitute and six goals in his career. Um, good player, I remember. Talented player. Not, not Obviously not of the, of the top table, but... Um, Good wide, wide winger. Um, I've named him as my obscure line because I don't see his name around very much online and I don't recall seeing many conversations about him or hearing many conversations about him. Do you have any stories about Stevie Brown or any, any other players, for that matter, that we've named in this week's show? Do let me know. I hope you've enjoyed this little uh, Randy O'Meyer's random section. Um, if you like it, we'll do it again. If you don't like it, well, we'll, we'll kill it. Kill it, won't we? We'll kill it. And I'm not going away with some dirty You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM. 
for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.